from the Lakeside Newsroom of the Henrico Citizen, your hometown news source since 2001. This is the Henrico News Minute with publisher Tom Lapis. Thousands march for equality in eastern Henrico. Another rally is planned next week in the far west end. And what new federal data is telling us about the impact of COVID-19 on Henrico nursing homes. We'll have those stories and more in today's Henrico News Minute for Monday, June 8th, 2020. It's brought to you today by the Steve Dowdy Insurance Agency with State Farm. And now for the news. Several thousand people showed up yesterday to peacefully march for justice in eastern Henrico. The crowd gathered outside St. Paul's Baptist Church on Creighton Road and marched to the eastern Henrico Recreation Center about two miles away. As they did so, some chanted, some sang, and onlookers cheered and filmed them. The event was organized by Verona District Supervisor Tyrone Nelson, Henrico School Board Chairman and Fairfield District Representative Roscoe Cooper, and Pastor Lance Watson of St. Paul's Baptist. Local radio personality Clovia Lawrence told the crowd, quote, Today is about change. This is not a marathon. This is not a sprint. We don't want to walk away from this moment empty-handed, end quote. She also listed some demands that she said should be met as a result of the movement, including national guidelines that define excessive force from police officers, laws prohibiting chokeholds from police officers, and requiring them to intervene when they see other officers using excessive force, an independently appointed citizen review board that has power, including receiving all evidence within seven days of an officer-involved death, and federal background checks and regular health screenings for police officers. Lawrence also encouraged the crowd to text changes that they recommended to 804-643-4769. Another speaker was Henrico Police Athletic League Executive Director Kenny Ragland, a former longtime Henrico police officer, who told attendees, quote, believe me, there is bigotry in the police department. As a retired police officer, my heart hurts, end quote. You can read our coverage from reporter Brandon Jarvis on HenricoCitizen.com right now, and we've also got a video from the event on our website that you can watch. Henrico police arrested and charged a 36-year-old man with driving into a group of protesters in Lakeside last night. The incident happened shortly after 5 p.m. on Lakeside Avenue near I-95 adjacent to Roy's Big Burgers. But the victim who was struck did not call police until reaching the A.P. Hill Monument on Hermitage Road in the city. The driver, Harry Rogers of Hanover County, was charged with assault and battery. The victim was checked by rescue officials at the scene but refused any further treatment. And another march is planned next Sunday, June 14th, in the far west end. The March Against Racism is scheduled to begin at noon at the corner of John Rolfe Parkway and Church Road and will continue to the intersection of Church and Lauderdale Drive, just a little more than a mile away. Well, in response to local and global protests sparked by the death of George Floyd in Minnesota last month, Henrico Schools officials have decided to host a virtual panel discussion about racism, injustice, and inequity today at 6 p.m., The one-hour discussion will feature Henrico leaders, students, and other members of the community. It's part of the school division's family learning series. Participants will include Verina District Supervisor Tyrone Nelson, Henrico School Board Chairman and Fairfield District Member Roscoe Cooper III, Henrico Schools Chief Equity, Diversity, and Opportunity Officer Monica Manns, 
the Henrico County Council of PTA's president, Sharita Bryant, and a student representative from the county's Equity Ambassadors program. The discussion will be moderated by Adrian Cole-Johnson, director of HCPS's Department of Family and Community Engagement. To watch the event, you can visit HenricoSchools.us backslash family-learning-series. No registration is required, but only the first 250 virtual attendees will be able to participate and comment. If the audience is larger than 250, the additional participants will still be able to view or listen, but not comment. The session also will be recorded and posted online afterwards. On Thursday, we got our first look at the impact of COVID-19 in Henrico County's nursing homes, sort of. The U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services that they released its first compilation of data about how the virus is affecting nursing homes nationally. But in Henrico, as elsewhere, it paints an incomplete picture at best. That is the result of several factors. First, the data includes documentation only from nursing homes that accept Medicaid or Medicare-based residents. There's about 15,300 of them nationwide, but only 13 of Henrico's 40 or so long-term care facilities fit that criteria. Qualifying facilities also are only required to provide virus-related data from early May forward. Some may choose to report data from earlier, but doing so is optional, according to CMS guidelines. In Central Virginia, of course, the pandemic began in mid-March, so 45 days or so of important data may not be included. For example, the Canterbury Rehabilitation and Healthcare Center, which has witnessed the deaths of 51 residents from the virus, reported only two deaths in the CMS report presumably the only ones that have occurred there since early May. The CMS officials have acknowledged openly that the data is likely to contain a number of errors, either because facilities reported information incorrectly or because CMS officials haven't had sufficient time to ensure its accuracy before publishing the data. One Arlington, Virginia nursing home was shown as having had 83 virus-related deaths when in fact it has had none and another in New Jersey was shown to have had 750 virus-related deaths, but it's only actually had 16. Now, of the 13 Henrico nursing homes required to report data, only two have not done so. Those are the Elizabeth Adam Crump Health and Rehabilitation Center and the Little Sisters of the Poor. There is an initial grace period for centers, but after that, they could face fines of $1,000 per week or more for each week that they fail to file their data. Among those that did file, the Beth Shalom Home of Virginia on John Rolfe Parkway reported the highest numbers of COVID-19 cases among residents at 52 and deaths at 13. The Glen Burnie Rehabilitation and Nursing Center on Libby Avenue reported eight total deaths and 34 total cases among residents, while Westport Rehabilitation and Nursing Center on Forest Avenue reported six deaths and 29 cases. Henrico Health and Rehabilitation Center on North Airport Drive in Highland Springs reported 36 cases but no deaths. Six of the 11 Henrico facilities that filed data reported no deaths and only nine combined cases. But the data overall does not indicate the period for which each facility is reporting, so it's unclear which facilities, if any, are reporting the entirety of their virus-related experiences and which are reporting only data from early May forward. According to the report, the Glen Burnie facility has no supply of any of the most common forms of PPE, including N95 masks, gloves, gowns, hand sanitizer, or protective eyewear. 
All of the other 12 facilities reported having at least some of each of those. Overall, the report showed that nearly 32,000 people living in those 15,300 nursing homes nationwide have died. That's about a third of all deaths in the United States from the virus. It's unknown how many of the other deaths occurred in other long-term care facilities that are not subject to the CMS reporting requirements. Today on HenricoCitizen.com, check out our first of four videos examining the impact of COVID-19 on Eastern Henrico, produced in partnership with In Your Shoes Media. The first part takes an overall look at how the virus has disrupted lives. On Friday, GRTC announced its 12th employee case of COVID-19 in 10 weeks. The employee is not believed to be connected to any previous staff cases. That employee was last on duty on Tuesday and was tested Thursday. The person is being treated in the hospital as a result of having underlying health conditions, according to company officials. The 12 cases appear to be largely unrelated to each other, according to the company, although several have had contact with each other. Beginning today, the company is providing voluntary on-site testing for the virus, with as many as 200 tests possible per day. GRTC is paying for all COVID-19 testing for its employees, whether they are tested on-site or elsewhere. And don't forget our newest podcast. It's called Today in Henrico, and you will find conversations with local newsmakers. The most recent episode features a conversation with Full Circle Grief Center Executive Director Allison England Drake. Visit HenricoCitizen.com and click on Podcasts, and then Today in Henrico to listen. Also today, you can take a listen to the latest episode of our weekly Monday Moms podcast. Today, our host, Tara Gray, speaks with a local hospice nurse about why she does what she does and how COVID-19 has impacted that. To listen, visit HenricoCitizen.com. Click under podcast for Monday Moms. Today's Henrico News Minute has been brought to you by the Steve Doughty Insurance Agency with State Farm. You can save up to 30% with Drive Safe and Save. Contact Steve Doughty today at 788-9022 to learn more.